0: There and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning we're going to talk vaccine mandates. Ah, it's a blast from the past, isn't it? Kind of weird. I thought COVID was over. Uh, I bet Chris Luxon thought it was too. Sorry, Christopher Luxon. Um... But uh, we'll talk about him, and He obviously he's not fit to lead the National Party at the moment, he's not fit to do anything, uh, but uh, who should do it if he's not? Um, social media companies uh, might be finally facing some music with, uh, for the harm that they do to kids, and uh, we've got a record record uh, story to tell you about. It, it makes sense, we'll get there in a minute. The first up, uh, the teacher strike. Uh, it's,
1: it's all on. Uh, but will they get what they're asking for? Teacher's problem, a little bit of a tricky one. I've been thinking about this one. What are they striking for? There's your first question. What are they striking for? Is it for money or is it conditions? Conditions I get. I mean, anyone with kids has seen the shambles modern education as how they're really the role of a social worker these days, not a teacher, how the classroom with a kid who struggles is ignored while they all get the attention, how the resource has dwindled, how the specialist teacher is a miracle, not a regular. We all have sympathy for the conditions, I think, don't we? And as such... Are any of us even remotely surprised no one wants to be one? We also agree, I think the pay is crap. And in that lies the tricky part, though. They want a very large increase, and they want a very large increase at a very bad time. They want inflation, basically, or more. That's 7%. They won't get it. And if they did, all it does is add to the myriad of economic woes that beset the country at the moment. Not that teachers, or indeed anyone, who's had a rise really cares about that, hence we're in the mess we're in. On its own... A top-line teacher gets about 80 to 90 grand a year at the moment. Solid, but hardly spectacular. And remember, that's top tier. To go above it, you need to leave the classroom and get into management. That's the idiocy of the scheme. So what do we need more of, eh? Great educators or great paper pushers. But, and I've argued this forever, and I don't expect a thing to change, but until it does, teachers are going to be miserable and permanently threatening strike action. Pay good teachers more, pay great teachers a lot not all teachers are equal, and yet all teachers want to be paid the same. And when you have that approach, and when you have that many of them with that approach, every time you do a wage round, the wage round will be smaller, because the collective bill is so much larger. It's a vicious cycle. It's been going on since um, forever. That's a long time feeling undervalued, don't you reckon? And yet, if they let go of that unionised ideology, there may well be an answer. But the trick to that is you've got to want to see it.
0: Um, I mean, I still remember... Having kids at school, and I say, give them whatever they ask for, whatever they want. Uh, they, you know, chauffeur driven cars to school, give it to them. They're taking our kids away from us for, you know, long periods of the day. It's worth every single penny. Right. Now, uh, speaking of people looking after your kids, uh, family carers who weren't vaccinated, they had their money taken off them during
1: COVID. Remember this? Uh, whoops. Uh, big welcome big and very welcome COVID when I would have thought for the unvaccinated carers who took the government to court and the court decided yesterday the government erred, the government lost, in other words, not the first time the government has lost or been found to err in court over COVID. But this one seemed particularly egregious to me. Uh, this, in a way, goes back to the Matt Hancock scandal in Britain, where his astonishing series of WhatsApp messages as well as email and text communications during COVID showed just what a mess the whole government approach was. And I asked at the time, you might remember it, what sort of picture we would be Handed, What sort of picture would be painted here if we had the local versions available to us? So the court cases that have been taken to a very small degree, I guess, give us a little bit of an insight. Now, the family carers had their funding stopped and they were threatened with fines. The judge has found that the mandate was invalid because it was not a decision that was available to the minister on the basis of information that was before him at the time. They hadn't originally been included in the mandates. But the minister was advised to amend the order. The key was no public advice was given in the briefing to the minister as to why the amendment should be made. There was not enough information before him to make an amendment. And yet he did. And oh, by the way, the minister we refer to, Recipients. It was clearly driven by the government's one-stop-shop approach that they wanted a vaccinated workforce. Uh, There was no room for exceptions or subtlety, so with a stroke of a pen, the carers were out, the money was stopped, they were alienated for a year. Now, I'm not sure whether this victory puts it right for them. I hope it does in some way. They want an apology, which I would have thought was a foregone conclusion, and the government is looking to cough the money they stopped. But it is another insight into what clearly was a frantic mess behind the scenes, where anything went, and they took a we'll explain later approach. There were two broad approaches that governments could have taken to COVID. Lead by example with clarity and take the people with you, or bludgeon them with fear and dictate. They chose the pulpit of truth, it cost the Prime Minister her job, and they ended up in court. On this example, they lost. With the benefit of hindsight and a little bit of legal action, it's becoming more and more clear, I reckon, they made the wrong choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, let's Let's look forward, not back. Uh, that's, I mean, that stuff's all in the past. It's, it's, uh, no, I mean, nobody's talking COVID anymore. Well, they might be in the Luxon household, of course. Uh,
1: morning, Mike. Shane Retty is consistently National's best performer, never flustered, gives out sound solutions to problems, too late to change leadership, but he needs recognition for his work, especially regarding health. On that, I could not agree with you more. I don't think he's a leader. I don't think he wants to be a leader. To be a leader, you need a bit of mongrel. In fact, I hope Luxon's listening because he's crook this morning, so he will have been tuning in. You need a bit of mongrel. You need, a, you need a spine. You need to be able to feel good about what you're saying, take no prisoners, and make no apologies. The world's full of people who go, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, that was a bit harsh, wasn't it? Forget all of that. Just get into it. Work out what you believe in and say it. Be authentic. That's the key to it all. I don't think Shane Reddy's naturally a leader, which is not to insult him at all, but what he is good is he's very, 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 very good in health. And he showed up asia Viral shockingly in the house yesterday. And he's good on detail and he's good on stats. And I, I often see people in all sorts of businesses in life who are just because they're good at one thing, you then automatically assume they're going to be good at something else. And that's not always the case at all. I think we're seeing this with Hipkins. But in Shane Retty's case, he's brilliant on health. Doesn't make him a leader. Just means he's brilliant on health. Let him stick to his expertise. Do you reckon uh, listening to the Mike Husking Breakfast is a good thing to do when you're trying to recover from COVID? I'm just trying to think
0: when I hear it, how much time I spent listening. Not that much, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, Perhaps too much time on social media, though. And I don't think that did me any favours either.
1: Just thinking about Meta this morning, so another 10,000 jobs coming. They're a basket case of a company these days. Uh, Anyway, they were aware, they've also got a lawsuit. I mean, they've got a lot of lawsuits all over the world, but this particular one's of interest. Uh, Employees were aware of the harmful effects that their platforms had on young children and teenagers, but disregarded the information. This is a lawsuit over social media addiction. Uh, we got an unredacted version of what they're trying to argue in federal court. This is in Oakland in California, details uh, about engineers who knew about the harms of social media. And there's a nice little quote in there. It says, no one wakes up thinking that they want to maximise the number of times they open Instagram that day. This is a meta-employee. They wrote this back in 2021. But that's exactly what our product teams are trying to do. Uh, It comprises a collection, this case of scores of complaints filed across the US on behalf of adolescents and young adults who allege that Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the usuals, uh, caused them to suffer anxiety, depression, eating disorders and sleeplessness. It's going to be really, really interesting as to whether a court's going to be prepared to pin it on a company and go, you suffered anxiety, did you? Yes, I did. That's Google's fault. That's a big, big stretch. Anyway, there's more than a dozen suicides have also been blamed on the companies themselves. Now, in their defence, and this is where the Supreme Court comes in, a case I told you about a couple of weeks ago, in fact, two cases I told you about a couple of weeks ago, uh, 1996 law that gives internet platforms broad immunity from claims over harmful content posted by users. So both sides are watching the Supreme Court case because if the Supreme Court case goes the wrong way, in other words, against the uh, social media companies, then this case is going to really come in play, so it'll be well worth watching if you follow such matters
0: yeah it's a tricky old time isn't it for the old social media companies I mean what's going to happen with Twitter TikTok getting banned um should we just get rid of them yeah let's let's call it a day hey um can we just um, finish up here with a with a record for records All the ins and the outs It's The Biz On the Mike Hosking Breakfast On News
1: Talk ZB Now this is sort of a record But it's not really a record It's kind of a record Anyway, if you're into records This is an interesting story Because for the first time since 1987 Vinyl, as in records Have outperformed CDs in the US So last year 41 million vinyl records were sold For about 1.9 billion Compare that with only 33 million CDs For 776 million Which is down 18% from last year It is indeed the 16th Consecutive year of growth for record sales. Overall, uh, we love our music. Recorded music revenue in the US alone grew to a record high of $25.5 billion. Digital downloads, uh, they're down. Streaming's the answer. So, of course, yes, a few people are buying records. Yes, a few people still buy CDs, but no one really buys it in any bulk anymore because it's all about streaming. Revenue from streaming is up another 7%. It sits at $21.3 billion, as in US dollars and accounts for 84%. Of total music revenues. Have, have you got any stats on sticks? Yeah, the stick, the stick market's a bit slim at the moment. It's a bit, it's what you'd call niche.
0: Because that's what you're about, right? You just I put got, all your stuff st- on a
1: stick. I got my stick. Well, the car I drive to work can't stream. I don't think it can stream. I
0: bet you anything it can.
1: Uh, no, I don't think it can without plugging it in with a cord. I think I could do it with a cord. but well, I don't You want to... a
0: long cord from your house <laughs> to here? Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but like the you was well, one of
1: those ones you unroll, I could be a long cord. I only live 5Ks from home, so, you know, I get a decent. Plug in the extension cord. We're, so we're we're, gonna... We'll have a chat about this yeah, over yeah, the okay, break break. Enough. so I told you, The record, record. Come on, that's a good headline. I'm definitely
0: going to put that in the podcast. Record, record. Uh, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, Mike has his music put on a USB stick that he can plug into the... I'm amazed that he can achieve that level of technological literacy, to be honest. And his cars will definitely have, you know, the ability to stream news talks there. B, uh, even when you've got COVID. Not that you should be driving your car around when you've got COVID. Or should you? I don't know, I can't remember. Ugly uh, as Glenn ZB... That was the rewrap. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. I uh, hope you're listening, Chris. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry, Christopher. <laughs>